Hi, and welcome to the Canine Translators Podcast. This podcast is dog trainers talking about dog natural training and all things dog behavior. We are your hosts, Tara Sturmer and Laura McClure, head behavior trainers at Canine Working Mind in Austin, Texas. Our goal in this podcast is to help our species understand canine communication and their behaviors. This episode is sponsored by Canine Working Mind, a dog natural training center offering one-on-one sessions, group classes, and more. Visit canineworkingmind.net for more information. That's canine working mind with a K. Good morning from Austin, Texas. Again, we are uh, talking today about neighborhood safety, community safety, basically. Mm-hmm. And car safety for your dogs. Um, the neighborhood safety can be all around just for you or for you and your dog. But the car safety is going to be a lot about how to keep your dog safe when you're in riding in the car. Right. And that's a, that's a big pet peeve of mine. Um, and it's going to pretty much lead into some of our future podcasts because we're going to be talking about lost dog searches. Yeah. We're going to be talking about what to do with lost dogs. So we're going to start off with the car safety because that is a pet peeve and it might take a little bit of time. <laughs> um, so car safety, a lot of times I drive and uh, see dogs ha- hanging halfway out of the car window. Yeah. Um, front feet and everything. Yep, front feet and everything. And while dogs do enjoy driving in the car, one of the worst things that you could possibly do is run over your own dog. Yeah. And unfortunately, it has happened. Now, uh, we always promote restraining your dog in the car, be it with a seatbelt or a crate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, in my car, I have, Slip chains, not to use on the dog's neck, but slip chains uh, attached to two carabiners that go to the headrests, and I attach them to the dog's harness or collar. Yeah. Um, so they're seat belted in, and a lot of times people are like, "Well, I want my dog to be free and enjoy the car ride." Well, I'm sure my five year old kid would, would love, love to as well, but um, for their safety, they are planted their little butts in the seat with a seatbelt on and your dog should be too. They don't need to run around your car while you're driving. And I, that's something that we bring it up a lot in our basic obedience class when we talk about uh, car safety. And one of the things I always say is, you know, it's expected for people to have their kids seatbelted in the car, uh, not because you plan on getting in an accident, but it happens. That's why it's an accident. So when you have your dog, I mean, your dog is, for me, my dogs are part of my family. They are my kids. So therefore, I'm going to have the same safety protocols that I would have if I did have kids, which means you're seat belted in. You're somehow restrained in the vehicle because I don't, If again, you don't plan for this stuff. No, and, you know, in, in the amount of years that I've been doing this, I've seen way too many accidents. And searched for way too many lost dogs. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to use my own dogs as an example here because Vincenzo loves to put his head out the window. So does Benjamin. That melted chocolate chip cookies, little jowls flap his, in the wind. Just like oh, him God. and Ben. It's just like it's blah, the blah, blah, cutest blah, thing in the, the world. Side, yeah. And he loves it. He does enjoy it. He actually rests his head on the car window. Yeah. And just enjoys all of the smells. But he is seat belted, so he can't move from seat yeah. to seat, go back and forth. He can't. Uh, jump out the window. You know, this morning was a great example. I've had, I was stopping at my favorite doctor, Jessica, um, to get the giant puppy's newest <laughs> heartworm level. Um, 
46 pounds, y'all, not even six months old. He is <laughs> going to be a giant. But um, I was stopping to get him his heartworm. And on the way back, Vincenzo is just minding his own business, hanging out the window. Yeah. Not all the way because he's seat belted, but yep. his big old noggin is out the window. Yeah. And damn it, if somebody didn't pull up to the car next to me and have the body of this person. Try to reach out? Yes. Try to reach out and touch have the dog. the body. Now, if it was, if he was not tied or if Johnny was in that seat, Johnny would have leapt to that woman right out in that a window. second. Vincenzo yeah. was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> what is this person doing, mom? Right. And that goes for anybody, whether it be, you know, a panhandler at a, a, a side street yeah. or a car that might come up and have what I had this morning or, you know, we always have great adventures in this Sturmer car. So I, I had that actually went with Charlie. So he was I was sitting at a red light rate waiting to turn to the right and this guy on a bicycle came up the side yep. of my car on my side. And Charlie was he again, he loved to have his head out just like Benjamin does. And he was hanging his head out looking forward. And this guy, as he comes by and I saw him, but I was just being mindful of like, don't hit the guy on the bicycle. And <laughs> as he comes by, as you should be. I know I try. <laughs> but as he came by, he reached out and he literally pet Charlie like, and just swipes down his face as he went. And it was just like, what in the I mean, heck one happened? Like, one. Charlie was taken aback. He was like, someone just touched me. What's going on? Right. One, don't reach for a dog that's inside a car. Community <laughs> service, uh, Gosh, safety right please there. Please don't. Don't. I was reach so shocked. Car. And you know, you so see, was Charlie. Yeah. You see some of the things on social media. There's one uh, pretty. I think pretty viral video of a golden retriever who's looking all smiley and happy in front seat of the car. And somebody went, Oh, how cute reached in and got their hand mold. Stop yeah. it. Yeah. Don't reach in the dog's car. First yeah. off, the dog is trapped in a box. It's yeah. like reaching in their kennel. Yeah. You know, um, but second an of unknown all, unknown dog that you're going to reach your hand and touch. Right. There's another one where a bully broke the window because he wanted to jump out the car. Yeah, geez. Um, you know, again, Secure your dog. It's yeah. easy to do. Honestly, the reason I use slip chains with carabiners on e each end is because I have pterodactyls. They will eat my seatbelt. They they have eaten her car Tahoe has <laughs> when they eaten were puppies. My car when she was a puppy. Yes, there is no car left. Basically, yeah, the back it's the dog. Seat, car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody can sit in the back seat. But there's there is no seatbelt on her side. That's when I switched to slip chains, and it yeah. really it's an inexpensive way. Yeah. To be secure. Your dog can't chew through it. It's short enough where they can sit or lay down, but they can't hang out the window. Yeah. You know, um, I I really it worries me when I see dogs in the back of pickups and it's not illegal everywhere. Yeah. And they're just running back and forth because I'm I'm just concerned if you hit a pothole, yep. you could literally throw your dog from the car. Right. You know, and, or you again, know. if someone hits you. It can literally throw your dog out of the vehicle. Right. And even if they're not secured and they're inside the cab, we had that unfortunate event that, you know, stays with Canine Working Mind forever, where one of our uh, past trainers got T-boned by a semi. And like the one day that she didn't restrain. The one day. Because she's running late. That she did not restrain her dog in the car. Her dog went out the back window because yeah. she was squished between a semi and a fence. And. Dog took off. It was gone yeah. for five days. So, you know, those are those are things that can happen and we don't think about it until it does. Yeah. 
And unfortunately, it's something that we want everybody to remember. Always fasten it. And not for nothing, but if you do get into even a little tiny fender bender and the EMTs are there and they open the door to try to get you out, that car wreck, even if it was a little bump, is going to freak your dog out and the dog is going to run away. Yeah. And just because your dog loves you does not mean your dog will come to you when they are lost. Yeah. I mean, when they're in that kind of state of mind, that's, you know, a heavy flight mode at that point. So. I mean, they open that door, your dog immediately jumps out, or maybe you're injured and your dog isn't restrained and won't let them help you. Right. Because they're not restrained in the car and they're going to literally keep you from getting medical assistance. Right. Or, you know, worst case scenario, they run out, they get hit by a car. Right. Or they run away. And I'm going to say that almost... Those are the most difficult dogs to find. Almost all of the lost dog searches um, that I get called for are... Due to car accidents, dogs yeah. unrestrained in a car, they they run. That yeah. was a traumatic event, yeah. and the human is Either injured thrown or out, or the door is opened and they're gone. Right, and the and the dog is like, no way, am I going to trust a human to protect me again? The yeah. big box got squished yeah. while I was in it. It's not a good idea to keep them unrestrained in a car. Yeah, so like a uh, forest, I found uh, because Forrest likes to he does ride in my front seat, my passenger seat. He's my little co-pilot, but he does not get in my lap. He does not drive with me in my lap or any of the... Nope, not at all. He would love to, but no. Um, Vincenzo would love to, uh, too, but... He wouldn't be able to see out the window. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He would take up the whole dash. Um, But Forrest has... I found at at PetSmart, they had um, a a thing where you could literally clip it into the seatbelt. So it's its own seatbelt, and then it has a carabiner attached and I attach it straight to his harness. Yep. Um, and so the, and he has a, about less than a foot, I would say, cause I can make it longer or shorter depending, but for him, I got a smaller one cause he's not, he's not very big, but I didn't want him to be able to go from the front to the back, to the front, to the back. I didn't want him to be able to get over into my space or get into the floorboard of the front seat. And, um, even in the in the off chance, um, again, personal story, um, I went for gas that one morning. Remember mm-hmm. I was telling you about mm-hmm. that? I went mm-hmm. for gas one morning. I did not have my coffee because it was a rush of a morning. Tara without coffee is mindless. I, I am not within the right state of mind to do anything. And I probably shouldn't even been driving because I need the caffeine. <laughs> but I pulled up to the gas station and hit the little gas pump on my dashboard to open my gas tank. And instead, I opened the hatch because they're right next to each other. Now, everybody in the gas station held their breath and went, because I had Vincenzo and Tahoe in the way back. But they even in the way back, well, even in the way back, they're always secure. I have those chains hooked up to the way back part of it as well. So if the back part of my... SUV opens, they are still going to be restrained in yeah. the back of my you car. can't go anywhere. And it also helps for like, if you are taking your dog somewhere and you do have a door bolter, you know, you open that car door and they just jump out before you can get a hold of their leash um, or before you have everything situated. I mean, you have a dog that could potentially run into the road and get hit by a car. I mean, even in parking lots, there are way too many people out there that just think a parking lot is a great speedway. 
um, and they don't pay any attention. Right. I but, mean, even in our parking, in our garage, yeah, I uh, mean, driveway here, people I know. race like it's a racetrack. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I hate it when I see the people that get out of their car and they have their dog on like the extend leashes that get out of the car, their dog jumps out and then like right out. I've seen it so many yep. times at the pet stores. And I'm like, that dog's about to get hit by a car because the owner just wasn't ready. Didn't have anything prepared, didn't have their leash locked, and which I don't grab like. those extended leashes nope. without losing fingers. Right. So then the dog just walks off and I was like, holy crap, like this is going to not be a good situation. Right. So if but if they're restrained in the car, then when you open that door, they they can't just jump out and then potentially put themselves in danger. Or another dog or a child in danger. We have seen this as well. Yeah. Um, where somebody opens a car door, they didn't have the dog restrained. Neighbor's kid is outside and dog bolts out the door to charge after the kid. Yeah. Or this, the neighbor's dog. Or the yeah. dog. Whatever right. This the is, case is not okay. So yeah. restrain your dog for their safety. Yes. Training, first off yeah. and foremost, train your dog to wait. Um, we always talk I mean, about yeah. that. When Train I open the hatch, my, my dogs, dogs aren't they're not going to get in in or out of that car until they're invited. And I mean, like even with Raven, she loves to stalk the cats here at work. Um, and they know when I pull up. And oh, Raven they love to come out and clip her off. Yeah. The moment that I pull up, if Ra- like this morning, I didn't have I don't have Raven with me and I didn't see either of those cats. They but know when she's in the car. It's legitimate. They know. And they will parade their happy little butts over. But I can open up the hatch and tell her to wait. And even though she would love to go chase those cats off, she does not move. Right. We make it a habit um, with our dogs to sit, wait, and wait for the cue to unload yeah. as opposed to a free command. Right. Because, you know, not everybody's going to come up to you and say free, but... yeah things that might be similar to it or whatever. Like I have a ritual with my dogs. They have to get in on the queue of load up. They have to get out on the queue of unload. They're not allowed to do it otherwise. And, you know, do mistakes happen? Absolutely. But that restraint is your safety net. Exactly. And that's the thing is I know like Raven wouldn't be able to go anywhere anyways, but it's just for me, I need to make sure I can open that the door. I can get all my stuff because I mean, when I come here, when I go anywhere with my dogs, I usually have plenty of things. Besides, think about it. Isn't it nicer for all our listeners out there, those of you in the back that go, whatever, my dog is free. So wouldn't it be nice to be able to let your dog get out of the car when you say it? So you can unload your bags. I have a hell of a lot of things that I carry into work every day. Uh, I don't want to juggle with my dogs or get my arms pulled out of my socket mm-hmm. because they're out of the car while I'm getting my stuff out of the car. Yeah. So if they can wait patiently in the car, you can teach them a simple wait command that tells them they're not allowed to leave until they are given a cue to unload. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, all of that is just safety for them, safety for us, um, and just making sure that everybody on the whole ride there and whenever you get to your destination same thing it's all about the safety part but the other big piece of it is again a lot of people say that their dogs don't like the car and so when they're in the car they're like a ping pong ball just back and forth lots of heavy panting maybe they're barking or anything like that and they don't understand why their dog doesn't like the car Um, and one of the things is still restrain like 
I'm not going to help them calm down if I'm going to continue letting them ping ping pong back and forth or pace around that car or jumping from the front to the back. The more they pace willingly and the more that they pace and you let them, the more intense the anxiety gets. Restrain them into a seat like you would with a child and then ask them to settle down. Basically, you're just you're just helping your dog settle down. And it's hard. Dogs don't understand cars. So a lot of people just like my dog should just be able to relax. Why are they constantly barking? Why are they constantly panting? They freak out. Anything comes by the car, they freak out. And I'm like, well, yeah, you you can't explain cars to dogs. There's no way to they explain it. They get in a box it. like they do at night to go to sleep, but this box moves really fast. It moves. And there in- are really loud things that <laughs> run past it or, in my case, behind it. Yeah. I mean, just constant all the time. Everything. So, like, Raven, she gets car sick. She's much better now. But if she looks out the back windows, um, just staring out the back windows, she'll she'll get sick. Right. And, you know, motion sickness is a real thing for dogs just yeah. like it is with us. But the anxiety part of it. Think about it from a dog's perspective. They can't rationalize why they're moving at 70 or 80 miles an hour. They yeah. only see that tree that usually stays still. Zoom past, <laughs> Zoom them. past them. Oh, my God. That's crazy scary yeah. for them. Yeah. Or if you are in an area where there's a lot of honking horns, like, right. what the heck is that? You know, right. or, you know, driving past. Um, if Downtown there's, Austin. Good you know, Lord. construction around yeah. that. And so you're hearing like. All of that stuff. And for them, that's like sensory overload. Right. So it's understandable if they struggle to relax, but help them by having some sort of restraint, whether that's a seat belt that kind of keeps them in one place or a crate. We have lots of people that will, I mean, Gracie rides in a crate because she's seven pounds. They have custom crates while they're expensive. They are worth every penny. To put in the back uh, right. of the car. A lot of yeah. our a lot of our clients uh, have gone in the way of getting these beautiful. I mean, I'm envious mm-hmm. of Antonia's car. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, Casey has it too. Casey has it too, and so does Jordan now. But it's this huge, amazing, customized crate that goes in the back that is safe if the car rolls over. Yeah, it's built to be safe if the car rolls over, so your dog doesn't get injured and it doesn't open. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I am broke ass. So I can't do it. But uh, <laughs> but honestly, I love that crate. Yeah. It's really awesome. And it looks and it's so safe yeah. for the dogs. Yeah. Um, I mean, but it, if you can have your some dogs, it's easier if you have a crate and you can cover the crate. So then they can't see all the scary things passing by the car that can sometimes help um, to just get them to feel more comfortable. I know with uh, like with Forrest. We took him in the car as a puppy constantly all the time to just get him used to being in the car. So if you have him as a puppy, you know, taking them on car rides can help to get them more comfortable. Um, But that doesn't mean it's going to potentially make them the best car rider. No. Forrest is a great car rider. But like Kevin, we did it with him. And the car still makes him a little uncomfortable. The moment it starts moving, he's immediately laying down flat. Like I, Not every I, dog I'm, likes it. Yeah. I mean, Mazakine has been a work dog with me since I got her. She doesn't care and for it. And if you open that window, anal glands all over the back seat. Yeah. Right. If that wind rushes in, she is like, Freaking what out. is that? And why all of a sudden are we having a tornado in, in the, the car? car. <laughs> right. So, you know, some dogs, even though they've been in the car since they're pups, just don't like it. It's yeah. just not normal for them. Yeah. And it's hard for it's them scary. to adjust. So it's scary. So restraining your dog in yeah. some way is going to be helpful in, in a lot of areas. But again, if you come home 
open the door. Or if you get out somewhere and yeah. you open the door, your dog won't be able to jump out, rush a dog um, and or a child. And on that note, what do you do if a dog jumps out of a car and rushes your child or you? Or you or your dog in the yard or something like that. Right. Yeah. So one of the things that we are um, big promoters for is child safety. Mm -hmm. um, priority for us is a child, obviously. Um, and for us, we go around and teach kids how to be safe. A lot of times a dog rushes at a child. They're rushing at a child because there is true intent. Yeah. Right. They're not rushing at a child just for, for fun. fun. It's not, no, it's not it's like not. they think it's a squirrel. No, they, they don't know think it's, it's a cat. They know it's different than an animal, y'all. So if they charge at your child who is across the street, uh, be it, I'm going to say, aside from a child that is constantly tormenting a dog. Yeah. Now, that is a totally different situation. Your child, if it's tormenting a dog, that scent of that child is going to last with the dog because yeah. that's how they it's imprint. Be a trigger, right? So, aside from a cruel child, yeah, uh, if a dog charges at your child, it's not doing it for fun. Yeah, it's not doing it for payback. It's doing it because it has true intent. So, best thing to do is to teach the child not to run. Unfortunately, and it's so hard, but yeah. it's really important if the child runs. It's fun. It's more fun. It's, it's going to get mauled. Now it's prey. Right. It becomes the prey and the child can't outrun a dog. And then at the end of that chase, it's going to be even more intense. So it's really important the child doesn't run. We always teach kids here in, in our neighborhood behind our facility. We have a very large population of stray dogs because open intake at our shelter is closed. And yeah. a lot of people dump dogs out here in the farmland. So yeah. our neighborhoods back here. Um, tend to be the dumping pits for stray dogs they couldn't return. The kids have to walk to the bus or they have to walk to school. This is not safe, yeah. right? So when we do our community programs, we actually give out little tiny air horns to the child. As long as you don't have a child like I was, where, who was might blow it in school. Um, but you know, <laughs> if you have a child so, like me, that uh, would definitely never yes, do that. Right. Uh, Laura would have never Polar done that. opposites on the opposite side of this table here. <laughs> Laura would have never done that because no. she was an all-abiding rule citizen. And, well, not so much on my part. But um, uh, we give them air horns. Um, we also started teaching about the umbrella trick. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if a kid has an umbrella, if they open the umbrella, it acts like a barrier and it will scare the dog. Yeah, um, if they open it real quick. And so if, your car, if your child is going to be out in the front yard... I mean, it's good to have one of those things just around. Right. So if you even, have neighborhood yeah. dogs that yeah, are Yeah, if intense. you're going to have a, a stray dog or a dog off-leash situation, um, if your neighbors don't like to walk their dog on leash and their dog is um, not very nice, just have something like that on the porch or right, right there in handy. So if your child is outside, then they know exactly where that stuff is to keep themselves safe. Right. Um, so that way they're not having to try to race all the way to the front door or through the garage or whatever that's going to look like. You know, it can be in a space that's that's quick and easy right. if they're hanging out in the Dodge yard. Dodge thinks his umbrella is a lightsaber. <laughs> right. He doesn't open it. Yeah. But he walks around with pride um, because we have a very high population of dogs that are not nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I walk around with a marine air horn and 
Sometimes I have a walking stick with me. Um, just kind of depends on how many dogs I'm walking. Right. And so here's the thing, a barrier of some type. A lot of times we tell kids to feed, and this is for adults as well. If a dog is chasing at you, stay still, keep your chest facing them. Don't turn your back because you will get assaulted. Turn and face them chest on and feed the dog something. Yeah. Backpack, purse, briefcase. Throw something else at them that they can have. Shopping bag. Yeah. Keep it between. Keep it between y'all. This way they're going after that and not you. Okay. Those are, those are big keys, uh, key takeaways. And, you know, if you do see somebody getting attacked, it's really important to go in and uh, remember your safety to try not to go in and grab the dog by the collar. Um, Or I, I can't say that I wouldn't Either in a situation, yeah. if my child was being attacked, I probably would be all in that. Yeah. Um, but if you can keep the wits about you in a moment, which is hard to it's ask for It's very difficult in those moments. You know, air horn, uh, fire extinguisher, if you don't have an air horn around, works as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's... The, the hose is sometimes... It depends on the dog. Yeah, the hose sometimes, it really does depend on the dog. Because we've uh, had people literally put a hose right into a dog's nose and they don't care. Right. Now, um, if you ever... Not that I want you to watch the video about the mauling in San Antonio. There was two bullies that mauled an elderly couple um, and killed the husband and wife, I believe, is still suffering from critical injuries. Um, and that dog also bit for first responders. A couple of firefighters got got injured um, getting the dogs away. But in the video of the news clip, you can see that the firefighters that were staying still with something between them and the charging dogs did not get bit. Yeah. The ones that were swinging at the dog are the ones that were getting bit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If you keep your comp, it's so hard. But if you can keep your body stiff with something in between y'all and keep your chest onto the dog, dogs like to attack from behind. Yeah. Don't let them get to your back. And whether you're keeping something in between, you can yell, sit, you could yell out, you could yell something at them. Um, I wouldn't say just screaming in general. Like right. if you're just high pitched screaming, I understand you might want to yell for help and stuff, but try to watch that you don't sound like a weak, injured animal when you're screaming. Yeah, it for could help. excite them a little bit more. Yeah. So it's just trying to, again, you can yell, but it's trying to keep your tone in your voice to where you're not sounding like the weak, injured animal that might just make them more amped about the the kill. And keeping your chest onto them, staying upright and standing still. Yeah. Right. Which is not easy when you are under threat. With with something in between y'all. That's a a big key here. Mm -hmm. Bicyclists. They are the number one target of loose dogs. Yeah. Um, People who ride bikes and do marathons. They are, I, I feel awful for marathon riders because every time they do that, you know, that MS-150 over here and from Houston, Austin, I think it is. Uh, I can't imagine how many dogs they have to run past, uh, ride past and have yeah. dogs. Coming and nipping at them. At them. Right. Um, and if you can't outride them, which a lot of people do, um, if the dog is coming at you and you feel like you need to get off that bike, keep the bike between, between you. you and the dog. Yep. Don't jump off the bike, leave the bike behind and run. You're going to get attacked. Yeah. Put the bike between y'all yeah. and feed the bike to the dog. 
Same thing for if you are on a skateboard or a scooter, it's the exact same thing. Because a lot of dogs get overamped with things on wheels, right? which is something we'll be talking about in the future. But if you're on something with wheels, then you want to stay behind it. Right. Whatever it is. Object between you and the dog, chest onto the dog. And, you know, a lot of our clients that ride bikes uh, actually fasten a now fasten a air horn to their handlebars. Yeah. Right. So Something. it's yeah. just fastened to or the handlebars. Putting it literally in the thing where, you know, you have the water bottle. Right. Um, you can you can easily get a second one of those. Yeah. And be able to pop it right in there. Right. And then, you know, if you're driving or if you're riding past uh, and these dogs come out and you blast that air horn, they're going to stop in their tracks. Yeah. They're not going to come running. Mace sometimes will make them even more aggressive because yeah. pain elicited becomes more aggressive. Um, uh, kind of amps them up. Yeah, they makes be, it some, worse. sometimes they become more violent with mace. Um, mace or the pepper spray or something like that. Right, and you know the ultrasonic things. You could use those as well. Um, you could totally put one of those on a bike and aim it at the dog. It's not yeah. a sound. It doesn't hurt. It just it's a, a sound they can hear, but we can't. Um, and the air horn, honestly. Yeah. Put it on your bike. It's the same as when we talked about before in our previous episode about dealing with off-leash dogs. I mean, we always said to have your dog behind you and keep your chest facing them. It's the same thing. If it's just you or if you and your child are out, you know, keep your chest facing that dog. Don't turn and run. Right. Otherwise, you are just engaging the predator-prey situation. Right. And then someone will get injured. Unfortunately, yes. Um Packs of dogs. If you see packs of dogs, obviously, we always say call the authorities, which is useless here in Texas. But do Um, not approach. But do not approach. Um, So if you see a pack of dogs, and I know we have a ton of good-hearted listeners that want to go and help. Yeah, rescue um, the the dogs that pretty much were probably dumped and have created a natural dog pack. Right. Um, Don't do it, y'all. if you're going to do it, make sure you have help. Try not yeah. to do that by yourself because if one of those dogs, and I'm going to give you a great example with a dog that got hit by a car in front of uh, our training facility here on the highway. Um, I had seen three dogs, two unaltered males and one all unaltered female who was clearly in heat. Super dangerous situation. However, the dog got hit by a car, the female. Yeah. I wasn't going to leave the female to suffer and die in the middle of the road, so I went down to help it. Well, I'm going to tell you, instead of attending to the female right away, I caught one of the males and put him in my car. Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't catch the second, so I did try to get to the female who he was protecting. So I finally got my hands on the second one. It's really important you don't go right to the injured dog. Get yeah. the other dogs and then tend to the injured you're probably not going to win that situation either way. If you were to go right to the, if I were to go right to that female and pick her up and bring her to the car, I would have gotten assaulted and mauled by those dogs. Yeah. The males would have been trying to protect her. So I her. took the males and then I got the female. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just sometimes you have to stop and think for just a second or two before you act. And in a lot of those situations where it's a, uh, sometimes life or death situations, it's very difficult to keep your wits about you because it's all adrenaline just pumping through. And nobody wants to see a dog suffer on the street. No. Right? Uh, But you don't want to see that dog 
die, and then you also, because you did not follow protocol there. Get the loose dogs, then worry about the injured dog. Yeah. All of it is just safety for everybody involved, because nobody's going to, I mean, those males probably would have been hit by a car just as well. Well, I mean, I almost got hit by a car. I know, because the cars weren't stopping. The cars were not stopping. We have semi-drivers down here in Texas that could care less. I swear some of them think they are the euthanizers of yeah. Texas because there's so many yeah. uh, dogs that are dumped out and the semi-drivers just don't care. And I'm going to say um, that one semi-driver damn near almost killed me and that other male that I was trying to catch. Yeah. Um, it, it happens, you know. Yes, you have to watch your safety, but I'm going to say don't go for the injured dog immediately. Get the loose dog so you don't get bit. Yeah. And I mean, if those dogs hadn't have been able to have been touched at all, I mean... It's going to you would have had to call for help. Right. Luckily, you were able to get them. So it's the same. You know, if you're dealing with multiple dogs and it's dogs that are, you know, no, you're not going to get near me or touch me at all. Don't try to just do it. I know everybody has a, you know, that good Samaritan. I want to just help the the dogs. But sometimes you need help in order to help them. Right. Instead of putting yourself at risk and right. then, and, and then the dogs aren't getting helped anyways. And be sure that you're telling your kids the same thing. Like my kids would be, uh, it's, it's super hard for Lillian, my daughter. She sees anything on the street. Now we have adventures all the time. As my kids say, it's the Tara adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, every time we go someplace, it seems to be some type of dog somewhere or somebody getting assaulted by a dog or whatever that we have to stop and help. So my daughter Lillian has um, literally picked up that whole thing. Yeah. And she wants to help, um, but she's only eight. So it's really important that we have had a conversation yeah. that says, no, <laughs> I know you have seen me do this a lot, but I need you to remember that you have to get an adult. Yeah. You're only a child. It's really important to remind kids as good as their hearts are and as much as they want to help and as, you know, I mean, kids are awesome, but don't let them do it by themselves. Yeah. Even Make if sure. they're a, you know, good head on their shoulder, they're still a child and the dogs know that. And it's injured. Yeah. Don't let them go and help an injured dog. Tell them to go and find an adult. Yeah. Super important. Yeah. Same thing for if they were outside and they, they see a loose dog um, or if they see, you know, an off-leash dog in the neighborhood, maybe that dog's not charging at them. Let let your kids know, don't run, don't see it and immediately run. If that dog's not paying attention to them and hasn't seen them yet or noticed them yet, then have they need to walk slowly, but backwards so right. they can watch where that dog is. Because if they turn around to walk away and maybe go inside or get in the car or whatever the case may be, the moment they turn their back, they don't know where that threat went. Right. So tell them to keep their chest facing and just walk backwards slowly. Don't just take off and run or else they're going to trigger that dog to potentially come after them now. Right. No running. No running. Yes. Walk slowly, get into the house or behind the fence or into a car that's there and then um, contact an adult or, you know, if you're in the car, you might not be able to, but that means I'm just going to wait in that car and Right. Stay safe. Yeah, it is. You know, that's that's one of the sometimes things it's a waiting game. Right. I mean, uh, not many kids can jump in the back of a pickup because they're too high. But I know here in Texas, almost everybody has a pickup on yeah. the street. Yeah. That's also a if good you way to get, get into something like that. Yeah. 
Now, if you're, you know, if there's an off-leash dog, let's say you are in your backyard and, you know, it's coming up to your fence and, you know, biting at your fence, trying to get it, whether it's your kids or your dogs on the other side of the fence. If your dog is fence fighting, it's the same thing. Don't go in and just grab no. at their neck, at their collar to try to pull them away from the fence. It's the same situation as if you were trying to break up a, a regular dog fight. Again, it's Marine Air Horn. Um, making a loud noise, maybe you can go in on the other side, you can get their attention um, to call them away from the fence. But if you have an aggressive dog on the other side of that fence charging at you, and and, I mean, your dog's most likely going to react. I mean, my dogs do because people don't use leashes in my neighborhood. And I've had people with, this guy had this massive Pyrenees just walking. He came through the ditch right up to my fence and was just walking along yep. my fence and and then saw my dogs and started yelling at them. And I mean, what what is my, of course, my dogs are going to go over there and be like, who the hell do you think you are? Like coming over to my house and yelling at me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't get upset at my dog. That's an, a legitimate threat at our fence. Um, but I I can get that control of getting their attention or getting that dog to to get away if their owner is there then i will yell at their owner to get their dog right um, i i don't have feel bads there right um, i don't this have is feel my either, yard um, <laughs> get your I'm, dog out of my yard yeah get him out um <laughs> and you know we've had plenty of times where clients are like you know my neighbor's dog runs right up to my fence mm-hmm. all the way up my front lawn to my back fence yeah and starts arguing um one you can get an air horn blasted at the assaulting dog yes um, two, I would be confronting neighbor. the neighborhood. Yes. Constantly. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Get your dog under control. Put a leash on them. Yep. Something. Yep. You know, if it's an off-leash dog that, you know, you don't see an owner to, again, you can still use that marine air horn to break that up so you can get your dog and get them inside. If it's, you know, a dog coming up because you and your kids are outside playing in the yard and lots of dogs don't like kids playing. Right. Um, the sounds, the screaming, the laughing, all that kind of stuff. So a lot of dogs will get agitated and they might charge at the fence. Again, try to not just take off and run. Even though you're in the safety of your fence, I, we've seen plenty of dogs that have jumped over yes. fences or oh ripped God. pickets off of that fences. One, that one dog that jumped over three it? fences. Uh, what were they? Six or eight feet? I don't, Six feet. Yeah. Yeah. Three neighborhood fences. That's insane. Because he was in the moment. Yeah. And he was holding on. Three. Yeah. So just because you have a fence doesn't mean that they can't get in. Right. So, I mean, the go slow, try not to run, or that's going to end up increasing it, and they might get more intent. Um, yeah. And so even if it's if it's your kids, if it's your dogs, get the, get the marine air horn or get their attention and slowly get them out of the situation. Right. Go inside. Close the door. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, if it's a pack of dogs, uh, let's say you're on the street and there's a pack of dogs, not just one, but, you know, multiple dogs, which happens a lot mm-hmm. here, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, I'm going to keep saying everybody's like, y'all say that all the time, but it's true. Um, the amount of stray dogs that we have here in Texas and dumped out here in the streets is absurd Mm -hmm. no more open intake on a shelter means that nobody has a place to drop the dogs off so they just dump them out let them be 
I let them take care of themselves and they'll be fine or somebody will find them. And then they wind up packing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you do come across a pack of dogs, it's super important to remember to focus on the quiet dog that is circling, circling you. Yeah. It's not the barker. The one that's in front of you barking is the distracting dog. It's going to get your attention because the dog that is it's not silent. barking is coming up from behind you to yeah. attack you. So get your back to a wall, a fence, a house, a car, something. Put your back up against something or a tree even. Yeah. I mean, I had to do that. I put your back up against the tree and you know, trees are circular. Just walk in circles in a nice, yeah. quiet motion to keep yep. your chest facing the pack. Yep. Right? While you call for help or right. you take your phone out and call. That's Usually right. Usually most people are out and have their phones on them. Luckily it, now, you know, almost everybody has a cell phone. Right. If you charge at them, they will attack you. If yeah. you run away, they will attack you. So it's best to be still mm-hmm. and walk slowly to get your back to something. Yeah. Versus taking off and running right. or trying to kind of bluff charge at them. Don't bluff a dog. They know when you're bluffing. It's just more pressure and a challenge and more fun. And the second you step back from that bluff, they know you're weak. Yep. But I mean, with the the pack situation and the the issue with all the the neighborhood safety stuff, I mean, there's a a solution for a lot of it. And I feel I saw someone uh, commented on they posted a, a note on one of our podcasts that you, uh, because of what you keep saying, that you sound like Bob Barker. Which uh-huh. I thought was great. Spay and neuter. I thought it was a great reference. I was like, yes, we are going to just channel Bob Barker uh-huh. and tell everybody. Spay and neuter <laughs> your damn pets. I don't think he said it that way, but that's okay. Well, I'm, I'm a lot nicer than Bob, a lot meaner than Bob yeah, Barker. Yeah, you're not as nice not as, as he nice. is. I'm not as nice, but he was awesome. But yeah, spay and neuter your damn pets. Yeah. Um, now the last thing I want to talk about, even though we're running out of time here is dog park safety. I do not like dog parks. Laura does not like dog parks, but they are all over the place. Yeah, we even did a whole episode on dog and parks. a ton of people do it. No children should be in a dog park. Y'all. Yeah. Yes. Your dog is probably fine with your child, but the neighbor's dog, you don't know all strangers that comes in with a dog. It's not safe. Keep yeah. the kids out of the dog park. Yeah. You don't know what all those dogs are like cuz you're just you're going and you're just expecting everybody is going to watch their dogs and isn't bringing a and dog that not, has issues to a dog not park. Not what happens. And that's never the case. Not what happens. People there are so many people that um bring aggressive dogs to a dog park. Right. If your dog is reactive, stay the hell home with yeah. your dog. If your dog is fragile, stay the hell home. Yeah. If your dog is fragile and you're going to a dog park, you're putting them in a situation they're uncomfortable. Find something else to do with them. Right. Pay attention. Not a dog park. Pay attention to your dog. If you insist on going to a dog park, pay attention to your dog. Yeah. Don't go there to crack open a beer and sit on a cooler with the neighbor. Yeah. Get off your phone. It's not social hour for you and everybody else. It's you and your dog. And, you know, another big pet peeve I have with dog parks is exercise your dog before you go. If you're going to insist on going to a damn dog park and letting your dog run rampant and be rude and pushy with everybody, um, then exercise them first. Yeah. So they're not releasing all of their pent up frustration on the other dogs in that park. Technically, people take their dogs to dog parks to play. And for us, play comes after work. You work first, then you get to play. It should be the same thing. If you're going to, if you have to take your dog to a dog park and you just won't give that up, then 
They need to work first, then they can play. Right. Make it a reward. Yeah. If you know the dogs that are going to the park. Now, uh, we have a lot of clients that refuse to listen to us and still go to the dog parks. And, you know, that's cool. I mean, it's not my dog. It's your dog. And you have that option. I am just going to keep edging on the (laughs) side of caution. Yeah. That all of the protectiveness that you have shown to your dog is out the window. Once you let them in a dog park, you cannot run across a field and protect your dog from that bully. Yeah. And the, the rude dog that's coming in, whether they're being reactive, aggressive towards your dog or just rude in general. So, I mean, all of this is just safety, safety for everyone involved, safety for you, safety for your kids, for your dog. Kids should never be in a dog park. Yeah. All Period. of it is just safety. So Period. this whole episode was nothing but be safe in the car, be safe in your neighborhood, be safe when you're on outings, like just please be safe. Please be safe. <laughs> Rock on. Uh, and on that note, we will be talking in the future about um, lost dog searches and mm-hmm. um, what you should do and expect to do if your dog ever gets away or gets, you know, in if you get into an uh, accident, they jump out the window or whatever. If if your dog is loose, how to find them. Yep. Okay. Um, we also will have a whole episode on dogs and kids. Right. We dogs are going to do a dog and child safety episode as yep. well. And uh, there's a lot more this season. There's a whole bunch of stuff this season that we're going to be talking about because, uh, you know, so many there's things. so many things that I think we sh- we could touch upon. We could probably do it every damn day, but um, <laughs> but we don't have time because we have to do our real jobs. <laughs> As always, thank you so much for joining and listening in. If you do have any uh, requests or questions, please feel free to email us and really... Stay out of dog parks and spay and neuter your damn pets. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas about future podcasts, please email us at info at caninetranslators.com. That's canine translators with a K. Please like, comment, subscribe, and share with your friends. Remember to always try to see them, hear them, and help them. And protect first.